What's going through your mind? Or is there something going through your mind? Like what's happening for you? The only thing you think about is that race starts to protect your, your direction to the lights, the dropout phase, how quickly you get on power. Red lights go out and we're racing. So Bottas is going for it. Bottas goes then it's where to find the right gap and one thing after another. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas wins the Russian Grand Prix. You talk about fear. Is it a factor for you? You may think that F1 driver Valtteri Bottas needs no introduction. That's because you don't yet know the full story. He's a 10-time F1 race winner. He currently drives for F1 Team Stake. He's an entrepreneur. He co-founded Oath Gin. He's a co-owner of a coffee company and a Finnish hockey team. He's quickly becoming not only a force on the track, but also in business. Have you gone through dark periods in the sport? I managed to get myself into this like overtraining syndrome. The whole body was like, tired, stressed, not, not recovering anymore. I was training too much. Pretty good eye-opener mentally for me. Like Maybe I need to have some, something else sometimes than F1 if I want to have a long career. They didn't know that I was thinking of actually, you know, quitting. Which I'm so glad that I didn't because that's never been really an option for me in my life. The Icons is a show where we learn life lessons from those who achieved iconic success in the locations that bring their stories to life. My name's Tyler Way. We're in Mexico City in the days leading up to the Mexican F1 Grand Prix. Valtteri Bottas, welcome to the Icons by Motiverse. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I, you know, there's so many questions we want to get to. I think that so many people are fascinated by F1. You've been in this sport now for 10 years. It's one of the most razor-thin margin, pressure-packed sports in the world. What's the hardest lesson you've had to learn to be where you are? For me, the hardest lesson probably has been um, not to beat up myself too much. Like I think, especially earlier earlier on in my career, I was way too self-critical. Of course, you need a certain element of to be critical enough, but not that it actually starts to drag you down. That yourself, you start to drag you down. I think that's something I learned over the years, over the ups and downs. That find that happy medium. That and also dealing with mistakes and setbacks. How did you learn that? Like I think about the sports that I know, typically there's hundreds or there's thousands of athletes. In F1, there's 20 drivers. Like all of that pressure is sitting on 20 people's shoulders. Yeah. How do you handle that pressure? For me, it has become a bit of a routine. I mean, obviously it's still super exciting and uh, I'm, I'm just driven by my own goals. And that kind of tends to cut out all the outside pressure. And I tend to not overthink things too much and I think that also comes with the more years you're in the sport the more comfortable you are with the fact that it is only 20 drivers in the world and everyone is being looked into very detail all your mistakes and all these things and you just learn, learn to live with it and almost like not to care about the other stuff and you learn to focus on yourself and your performance and your well-being. And do you find that when you're saying like by focusing on your own goals it almost cuts out the rest like has that been your true north through it? I think since young age, it's been one of my strengths. I think always um, reminding myself of the goals, why I'm doing this, what do I want out of this sport? And that just makes it so much easier. Um, and you then kind of learn to roll whatever comes with the sport. You know, there's obviously lots of negative things as, as well with this sport. But um, yeah, you, you live and learn. But I think it's something that I was probably born with. Mm. If we can go back to the start, I mean, again, you've been in the sport for 10 years. I, I looked at a little bit of like the journey that got you there, but what would you say was your big break and how did that happen? 
I would say my big break was, well, I had to make many big breaks on my career, like to get to this point, you know, to get to Formula One, you know, you had to win the junior categories. Well, before that, you had to win in go-karts, the right, right races, you had to be competitive to, you know, show to the outside world and potential sponsors, managers that you have the talent. And then in the junior categories, basically, you have to win all the important series. Otherwise, you have a slim chance of making it unless you come from super wealthy background, which I don't. So I had to prove myself with, with talent um, and find that outside help through, through that way. It's hard to really pinpoint that one exact moment. What was it? Um, probably when I was a test driver at Williams 2012, I was doing quite many of the Friday practice sessions. And that was the year that uh, I had to prove myself in the practice session. Of course, trying to do the job for the team, you know, doing the right testing, but I had to try and be quicker than the race drivers. You know, that was my mission. And that worked. I managed to be quicker than the race drivers in most of the practice sessions as a complete rookie. And I think that was probably the most important year so far in my career. Was that a bold move? Because in that year, like, I don't think you, you competed. You didn't rate, you Correct. just did the practice. I mean, yeah. so when you were making that decision, what did that feel like at that time? Was that like, I'm rolling the dice? What did it feel like? Yeah, for sure. I was still quite young, young at that age. And of course there was pressure because I knew that, yeah, this is the year I'm not racing anything. Everyone who was competing the year before were still racing in some other categories, gaining more experience. And it was like, this has to work. Otherwise it's going to be quite unlikely that I will make it to Formula One. So, um, yeah, there was for sure pressure every time jumping in the car in the practice session or test. I knew that, yeah, now I have to show what I can do and, uh, I'm glad I did. Hmm. And, and what did that, like, you had to find a way look like? Was it, you know, just spend extra time? Was it meet with more people? Was it study the sport? Like, what did it actually look like? So I started as a, like a junior driver for Williams already in 2010 when I was doing Formula 3. That's when I moved to UK, close to the Williams factory. And I was basically, outside from my Formula 3 racing, I was every day at the factory. Uh, I learned actually how the whole factory works, how every bit of the car is built. I was working in all the different departments of the of the team for a couple of years um, and just learning and spending lots of time in the simulator. Um, then 2012 coming to every single Grand Prix, obviously. And yeah, that was um, at that point, I had nothing else pretty much in life than than Formula One because I had this mission. I think, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. There's that moment where they feel like bold move and don't really know what it takes on the bold side. But, you know, even just hearing you talk about you went back to just like really digging into the sport, like shutting out everything else, goals, meet with the team, learn the whole sport top to bottom. I think that's, you know, really encouraging for people. You really don't know where to start when they think about like bold move. One of the things that I would have no context of is what it actually feels like to be an F1 driver. And it's one of those things where, I mean, everyone drives, but nobody really knows what that or very few people know what it really mm. feels like what does it take to be an f1 driver you need to be super patient because to get to the point get to become even a part of a formula one team it takes long long time i i started racing when i was six years old so it's been a long long journey and you want things to happen quick you want to career to progress quicker than it is well always so Patience is one big thing uh, when it comes to your career, when it comes to driving as well, uh, to control yourself, your emotions, but also all the other stuff that is involved. Like you need to be 
able to deal with so much of like sponsor commitments and media is very present in this board right to the point of just before the race start you know so these kind of things you just need to kind of learn to handle with without compromising your performance in the car so you're telling me you drive at 300 kilometers an hour and the thing that allows you to do that is patience well maybe there's some other things that's amazing i wouldn't have guessed that answer yeah um but of course there's many other things yeah, well. yeah you need to have a certain talent you know you need to have the right attitude to work hard um yeah. what is that attitude like is it is it just hard work or is there something else like what's really unlocked your success on the on the mindset side for me uh, especially earlier in the career when you are really trying to make it then for me basically it's trying to work harder than anyone else you know that that was always part of it and and still is um obviously now at a certain point of your career you start to have more capacity and maybe we can go later but at, at some point you also realize what is sustainable if you want a long career and what isn't like there's a limit on how much formal one can be uh, let's say controlling your life oftentimes when people are trying to aim big and they think about all the complicated things they could do and then i just you know i really think oftentimes it comes back down to that are you willing to outwork other people it's mm. a pretty powerful thing yeah and, and even at this stage in your career, do you feel like you still have that drive to outwork other people? Definitely. Like, of course, I, um, I've learned to work smarter, which sometimes means um, there are opportunities to save energy here and there, uh, just to be able to perform even better on track. But um, you need to be in this sport, especially the way it's evolved in terms of technology and data. You have to prioritize things. You know, it's quite easy sport to overdo it as well. Like you start overworking or over trying it's a fine line so i think during my career i've definitely learned that right balance it's really interesting on the you know if we go deeper into the what does it take so the the, the mindset side what about the skill set side like what are the actual skills that allow you to be so good what does the training look like um i think what is really important in sport and like i think in any other sport nowadays that you start early like as a kid you're learning you know even the basic motoric skills and while your body is learning those things if you're doing a certain sport a lot i think you just at the young age you learn lots of those things like car control uh, feeling the car setting up the car those kind of things so what i think was really important in my career that since very start of my career when i was six years old i was obsessed with lap times and how to get them better and like trying different driving styles and these kind of things so i think I learned lots of skills as a, as a kid um, and what does the training look like? Obviously nowadays in Formula 1 uh, the testing is very limited so it's mainly simulator so I go to simulator a lot in the factory to practice for the Grand Prix to tune the setup to get the eye in and then it's yeah we ra race a lot so we do drive, drive the car quite a lot but then outside the car all my career um, when I really committed to the sport like 100%. I think I was like 12 years old when I realized that if I want to make it, I need to make this completely the priority. And that's when I started like systematic training. And that's always involved um, like reaction training, coordination training, because in the end, driving is a bit of multitasking always. So you need to be able to control many things at the same time. And then, of course, you need certain strength in certain parts of your body, example, neck, core back is really important 
uh, and you need cardio because races can go up to two hours. So it's a combination of skills, strength, and cardio. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I would have guessed the core stuff, but the cardio. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. you're a cyclist. I know that you've got, you're, you're fit. And, and even still, you say cardio is a big part it of It's really important, especially really? when the season goes longer and longer, you know. Yeah. If your base fitness level, you're healthy, towards the end of the year, you might have an advantage. And some extreme races like we had in Qatar, extreme temperatures, then you definitely have the upper hand if you have good cardio. Hmm. Yeah, that race, I heard that race was... It was pretty brutal. Was it? Yeah, it was like being in, working out in a sauna. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. For that long? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So on the physical side, I mean, I've never been in a car that fast. Other than the fact I probably just couldn't control it. But what would surprise me most physically? The G-forces. Yeah. The amount of, like, example, when you, after a long straight, in that speed, you have so much downforce that you can brake so hard the, the car to stop so quickly. I, I think that would shock most people that how it feels on your body. So basically it means that on braking or in some high speed corners, we have 5.5 G-forces. That means five and a half times your body weight that you would feel like moving around. And that corner after corner, lap after lap, plus the temperature, um, the mental focus, it's, it is draining. And is, I think that's the best way to explain it. It's always hard to explain because yeah, yeah, yeah. to feel G-forces, not many people can do it in their whole life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly wouldn't, I mean, I can do the math in my head that must feel heavy, you know, really throw you around, but I've no idea what that actually feel like. And then I have no idea what that would feel like for a couple hours mm. where it's like, I don't, I actually don't know if I've ever concentrated that hard for that long, like where there's nothing else. Can, there must be nothing else in your world for those couple hours. Is that true? For sure. You're in the, you have to be in the moment. And I think those are, again, the, basic skills when you what you learn from go-karts from junior formula that focus is the key you know you, you can't think of anything else and it's incredible like um nowadays it's actually not really allowed to measure your heart rate but in some testing and some junior categories when you without being measuring my heart rate when it's that one qualifying lap even though you're working physically as hard as pretty much any other lap but your heart rate just goes through the roof because of the, the mental strength and the focus, like you're using your whole brain capacity for, for that one lap. And, um, that's, yeah, you need a really strong head for the sport. I remember one time I was, um, down by a, a bowl, like when someone was getting on a, a Bronco for eight seconds and the intensity, I mean, it was just eight seconds. That's all they're trying mm. to get to, but I'll, for the rest of my life, I'll remember what that looks like when you feel that kind of focus and intensity and what that takes physically for yeah. somebody. And sometimes when I see an F1 driver in a helmet, it feels like that same look in your eye where it's yeah. like, there's nothing else in the world of this. Yeah. When you put that helmet on, what's, what's going through your mind? Or is there something going through your mind? Like what's happening for you? Um, it's really focusing on, on the things that matter. So obviously anything outside, um, yeah, you don't really think about um, who's watching the race, who's present, what's happened the night before, how was the morning? You have no clue about that. What day of the week it is. Normally it's Sunday, but <laughs> you know, those kind of things just doesn't matter. You're just focusing on one thing at, at a time. And sometimes obviously you have to focus on multiple things when you're racing. But example, before the race start, only thing you think about is that race starts procedure, uh, good reaction to the lights. Then next thing is, yeah, the drive out phase, how quickly you get on power. Then is where to find the right gap. and 
it's just one thing after another. Like, we talk about fear. Is it a factor for you? In the car, never, uh, never. Like uh, it's only, I've only felt uncomfortable and I don't know if it's fear or only if I've lost the control of the car, if I'm just about to crash, let's say I've lost the back end of the car and I know that, okay, I'm going to that wall fast. <laughs> that's, that's uncomfortable. And that could maybe a bit of fear in there, like how much is it going to hurt? But while for me, while I'm in control, no fear at all. And I'm a terrible passenger. Like if I'm <laughs> an example, I've been in like ice, ice rally car as a passenger of my girlfriend. That's horrifying. Because when I'm not in control, then I'm, I'm not good. No way. But as long as I know that I have the control, all good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Does it hurt? If it, in, in, in a crash? crash? Yeah, it hurts. Like obviously the, the chassis, the car is super strong. Yeah. But that means the impact is always hard, you know, um, not much flexes. And I think my biggest crash was 52 G in terms of the impact. So it, it, it does hurt. Yeah. Whoa. That must stick with you for days, weeks. Not weeks, but yeah, no. days for sure. Really? Yeah, you you feel the you're a bit stiff afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I've been around enough sports to, to know what that feeling's like when somebody gets injured or, or gets into a crowd. I guess something happens and the, the sport slows down for those few minutes and then you gotta go right back up. Mm. How do you maintain focus when something hard happens, big crash, and then you gotta go back in? Is that a challenge for you? It's, it is a challenge, but it's important skill in this sport, whether we're talking about small mistake or a big mistake. Let's say on a golfing lap, the first corner, you have this little bit of a lockup of the tire, you know, you lose the line a bit. You have to be able to forget that immediately, because if you keep talk, talk, thinking about it, that I need to recover it in the next corners, that's your lap done, ruined. Nothing good will come out of it. So it's a certain skill that you need in this sport to be able to deal with those mistakes, whether it's a small or big one. And I think in that thing for me, what's the most important is to be um, like self-honest and accepting it. Okay. Yeah. I messed up and what's the best thing next that I can do. Uh, usually it is to understand the mistake, why it happened, how can I prevent it from happening again and then move on, then don't look back. And are those thoughts going through your head even at that speed? Or is this like after the, after the, when you kind of stop the car or are you self-reflecting while you're driving? Maybe like on a golfing lap, not that big okay. analysis, okay. like okay. <laughs> because you don't have time, <laughs> but you, you just try to kind of just check it off and yeah. yeah, just continue with the lap, driving to the limit, but not over the limit. Just keep doing as you were imagining before that you would do the lap and just, but then afterwards analysis is so, is so important because otherwise you do the same mistake again, and that would be very silly. You've had obviously like elite training for, you know, one of the highest intensity sports in the world. Most people won't have that in their life, but what would you say that you've learned through all of that, that would be applicable to the everyday person? Through the training. Training or just life. Like what, what do you think you've learned that would be really helpful for somebody who may not encounter again, elite mm. stuff, but just looking to make goals happen in their life? Uh, I've definitely learned that um, sometimes I've overdone things like I pushed myself too hard. I've, um, in terms of my mental and physical capacity, I found my limits earlier on in my career. It was only 2014 um, 
I managed to get myself into this like overtraining syndrome. So just really the whole body was like tired, stressed, not, not recovering anymore. I was training too much, eating too healthy or too little, let's say. Um, and I, I found my limit. And that as well, that was pretty good eye opener mentally for me. Like maybe I need to have some something else sometimes than F1 if I want to have a long career. Because yes, you can have great career, but a short one if you don't take care of yourself. If you're burning the candle from both ends, um, it's not sustainable. So that's something I've learned to find your own limits. Like I would say in business, I'm pretty sure it's very common. People, you know, go too deep. You know, they don't allow uh, themselves to, let's say, sleep enough. You want to work longer, longer hours. But at some point, there's this line that it starts to eat you up and uh, your performance goes actually down. So finding that limit is really important. Have you gone through dark periods in the sport? I have definitely. Like when I had this um, overtraining period, which totally to like recover fully from it, while I was still obviously racing actively, it was almost two years that I got to the same fitness than before. Um, and at the same time, mentally, it was quite tough because um, I wanted to train, I wanted to, you know, feel good. And uh, but yeah, so at the same time, eventually, when yeah, like physically, your body is on the limit or tired, you can always kind of um, deal with just mental strength, just push through and adrenaline. But at the same time, your mental reserves also start to go down. It's a bit like a battery, and I definitely hit that bottom and. Um, so it was good eye opener for me that okay, I need to figure something out and find a different way if I want to have a long, long career. Which you have, I mean, it's still still going at home, and I think there's years still ahead. But um, the thing with sports, what's interesting is that father time never stops. Right? Mm -hmm. Like this is your career; you've got you know a certain amount of years. How do you balance when? I mean, I'm guessing that in your DNA is to win. How do you balance your ambition? with results when they're not where, they're, where you want them to be? Yeah, it, it's, it's not easy because naturally you always want to win everything <laughs> that's been in me since, since a child. But you got to understand this sport. There's normally only one or two, sometimes three drivers that can realistically fight for the title and consistently be on the podium. That's how it goes because you need to be in the right team, you know, right time. Um, but I know the name of the, the game, like my first year in Formula One, we had not a great car. I was there uh, pretty much at, at the back mo most times. Sometimes I think I only got once in the points in my first season. So yeah, and then next year things started to go better. But again, now like, um, except this year, um, 2023, it's been a challenge. But what motivates me is the future because I still have my goals. I know that there's always ups and downs. And the main thing for me is to remind myself what I still want out of the sport. And that's still to get closer to the top, eventually get back on the podium and, and, and even winning. Um, so that is my motivation. When things are, st are, are tough, I try to remind myself of those. How firm is that belief? Yeah. It's firm. It's firm. I know that if I get the car, uh, I can be up there. So now it's just kind of, it is hard work, but um, I accept the situation that that's where we are now. But how do we get out of this? That's that's the question. And, and you've been on a couple of teams. I mean, uh, your last team is Mercedes. You're now in Alpha. What's even if you describe those two teams? What's the difference in mentality between those two teams? Either just for you or team in general? 
every team is definitely different. Like uh, this is my third team in Formula One. Um, Mercedes was obviously the biggest team and the most successful I've been with. And you get that sensation is a bit more like this big machine um, company that keeps going. Um, you get the best people, probably the, almost the most amount of people of everyone at that time. One of the biggest budgets. Um, and when you go from a team like this to a bit smaller team that has been struggling recently with results, the mindset for the people, the motivation is is different because yeah, you haven't that that had that winning feeling for a long, long time for people. So it's just trying to encourage people, motivate them. That's I feel like that's sometimes a big part of my job nowadays as well, is to try and um keep the people around as motivated as, as possible uh, during the tough times and same for me but um, yeah mindset is for sure different also different country you know um, Mercedes is obviously a German brand but uh, it was based in the UK um, and yeah Sauber is a Swiss team but uh, sponsored by Alfa Romeo which is Italian so completely different way of working but it's hard to say what's better or worse. Obviously, results were great in the previous team, but um, that was also the peak time of that team. Yeah, I've actually heard quite a bit about you that people say you're a great teammate. What do you think they're describing about you? Or what do you think makes you a great teammate? You need to have the respect for your teammate. I think it's always start with that. Um, and yeah, you need to understand the sport. Like if you want, if you want to succeed yourself, it means that your team needs to perform well. Your team needs to make steps forward and you need team needs to develop and to be able to do that to have that progress you need your two teammates to work, be able to work together otherwise you start hiding things you're not pushing each other enough if you don't share all the data and stuff so it's all about looking at the big picture in long term what's the best do you have any career regrets career regrets um only thing i would say is i was too hard on myself in my first two years at Mercedes. I really couldn't accept the fact that I didn't win the title um, in those early years because I wanted it immediately. And I, I definitely made um, my life more difficult by just yeah, being too harsh on myself. So if I would have given myself a bit, bit more time, maybe I could have found that flow a bit easier. Um, but apart from that, no regrets because the main thing is when I look in the mirror, I know that I've done everything that I could, like I've given everything. I've, yeah, just always tried everything, always tried to find something more and uh, be the best version of myself. Like, yeah, sometimes it's good times, sometimes bad times, but um, I'm sure it's made me tougher. Hmm. So I think like you've kind of had this, this confidence that's really been with you through your career you know, just hearing the way you describe it. Have you ever lost your confidence? Yeah, I have. I have in my career many times. And I think probably the worst one was 20, 2018, which is my second year at Mercedes. Um, the whole season just didn't quite start well. And I started a bit over trying. And then eventually there was a bit of a gap between me and Lewis in the points. And I just became to having to be in the support role and to accept that uh, that was really eating my confidence um, because of course I wanted to be there to win and you know do things my way but yeah having to be in the support role that was hard to accept and definitely lost the confidence 
especially towards the end of the year, uh, to a point that that winter I was this close of retiring from the whole sport and to walk away from F1. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that was pretty pretty deep. And now when I look back at it, it almost looks and feels a bit like silly. Uh, but when you're in your thoughts and, you know, um, not in a good mindset, um, yeah, things can be tricky. I think a lot of people will hear that and will feel that in themselves. That they've had a moment, maybe they're in that moment where their confidence is low and it feels like they're trapped. What would you say to somebody who feels trapped with their confidence? It's easier to say than do it, but looking at the big picture in life, you know, that always helps. But sometimes you might need somebody to help you, you know, in sports. And I think in, in business, it's very common or at least should be common to have outside help like um, mental coaches or, um, yeah, you know, sport, what's the word, psychologists and stuff like that. You, sometimes you might need help or a very good friend that you can speak with and again, get that sense of the big picture in life, like, okay, things are good. And <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. But also for me, what worked um, was a good reset. And that, that way I could really find that joy of the sport again. So early January, I got back to Finland, which I normally try to spend a bit of time in January because it's beautiful winter. And yeah, I was still a bit like, I don't know, like kind of starting to feel better, but not fully. Um, then I decided to go alone, not with my partner, alone to um, have a walk in the forest, a bit of like a hike in the snow, which I sometimes do. But I felt like, you know, that it could be nice, you know, get some fresh air and just be wander there myself alone two, three hours. And that's when I, I don't know, I just found the confidence again. And I, yeah, all the things that I had achieved previously, like, you know, the, the wins I managed to still get to that tip, that point, the pole, pole position laps, some good race results, all that just came to my mind. And I actually remember saying myself, I'm, I'm the best in the world. Like I, I had that much confidence, like straight away, like I can do this. And yeah, then carried on. And the first race of the season, uh, which was 2019 Melbourne, I won it by like 20 seconds. And that was just like almost like an outburst of energy and frustration from the year before. And yeah, that was actually a pretty cool moment. You're kidding. And so I had a, I went to like South America and just had a good holiday disconnect. Didn't speak to the team for I think four weeks. And because I told them, okay, I need a good break. And it worked. It did take four or five weeks for me to decide that, okay, I'm not going to call them up. I'm going to retire. But then eventually it was like a switch. I was like, come on, I've, I've still got so much more I want to achieve in sport and I don't want to keep up now. But it took a time. And were you privately suffering at that time or were you, did the team know that you were working through stuff? No, I, I think they didn't know. For sure they saw my frustration towards the end of the year that probably my mood wasn't the best and smiling a bit less than usual. But um, no, they, they had no, no idea what I was kind of going through in my head and they didn't know that I was thinking of actually, you know, quitting and giving up, which I'm so glad that I didn't because that's never been really an option for me uh, in my life. To never give up? No, never give up. That's my motto as well. So. Who's your hero? My parents, I would say. Like, um, 
when I was a kid, I don't actually recall a day that when I asked, can we go to the go-kart track, you know, after my school, after their work, I never recalled them saying, no, we can't. So they would always take me. And for a parent, I think that's now, think I didn't maybe realize as a kid how lucky I was, but now I realize that, yeah, they gave everything in terms of time and of course, financially, what, what they could. You think back to your, you know, starting the sport, call it being 20 years old, you know, you're really making bold choices, a lot of dreams, a lot of hopes. You think about that person you were, what advice would you give yourself? What advice would you give your 20 year old self? Mm, not too much because I'm here now speaking about <laughs> that. So I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, just keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do what you do. Like it, it kind of worked. <laughs> um, yeah, probably sometimes to give myself a bit more lead, not to be too harsh in, in, in cases to the point that it starts to hurt my performance because of my own pressuring myself too much. But again, easier said than done. And maybe I had to go through to, to learn those things and find my limits. So it's hard to really know what to say. What do you hope your legacy is? I tend to be more focused on myself that I'm eventually when I finish my F1 career or racing career in, in general, that, that I, I can be proud of it, that I did everything that I could, that I enjoyed it, um, that I hit my goals. Uh, that's the most important thing. But yeah, if somebody thinks, wow, he's got a, had a good, cool, cool career or uh, that's, that's nice, but I, I tend to not to focus on, on that too much. You know, it's been interesting. It feels like in the last few years, and I don't know if it's with alpha or, or something else, but it feels like your personality is really coming through. Um, what do you think that is? And I'd, I'd be curious, you know, what advice you'd have for others who feel like they're a bit trapped with their personality or feel like they mm. can't really be themselves. But yeah, if you can describe maybe coming out a little bit with your, out of your yeah. shell a little bit. It just happened. I mean, I think there was a quite a clear correlation as well. Like when I changed the teams, I had different targets in terms of more like progress and development and, and longer term goals. For the first time, I had actually stability in Formula One, not just having one year contracts. Uh, it just felt like it was a bit of weight off my shoulder. I said, okay, I've got this project. I'm motivated, even though I know I'm not probably for a while, I'm not going to win races, but that was something new and exciting. And yeah, I think I just managed to not to take some things in life too seriously as well. I learned that, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Life is not that serious sometimes. And also just not afraid to show my, like who I am to the people more, um, instead of being in, in a certain mold, what perhaps people would expect from you being an F1 driver and trying to win the championship. But I think it's this combination of change of atmosphere in terms of the team, um, working with new people. Um, also I, uh, find a new life partner um, and stuff like that. It's just kind of, I'm just so comfortable with myself now. Like, yeah, some people might say I look silly with my mustache and mullet, but I'm happy. You know, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, nice. <laughs> and that's all what matters, right? Yeah, yeah. I dream, I dream of hair like that. I feel like, yeah. 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 So it's just much more comfortable with myself. But I think it's a combination of experience all these kind of things. So, yeah. And, and almost with that, it feels like you've now had 
you know, quite a few big business moves that have been happening. You know, again, Oath Gin, coffee company, wine company, hockey team. What's driving you on the, on the business side? I've always in, in life um, tried to follow my passions. Obviously, racing is, is a pretty clear example, but it was the same thing in ice hockey. So, of course, in, when I was a kid, I was always driving go-karts in the summer, but what happens when in Finland everything froze? There's no go-karting. <laughs> so I played ice hockey in the winters, and that was always a big passion. And I got this opportunity uh, from the local ice hockey team that I was playing for the junior team and they play in the Finnish league. Uh, they had pretty tough times during COVID, like most of the, the teams in the Finnish league because of, you know, no spectators, all these kind of things. And there became an opportunity to become one of the owners. And I jumped into it because I've always loved ice hockey. Sometimes I've taught myself what could it have been in terms of ice hockey career. So it's been always part of me. So for me, it was yeah, really exciting to jump on like that side of the, the sport, um, learning about, you know, being in the board and board meetings and dealing with the financials and, and you know, the sporting side, you know, looking lo long term in terms of who's the coach, who are going to be the players, that kind of, it's just nice kind of um, thing to be in, involved because I have passion. And then any, everything that I'm involved now is, is purely passion, of course. I do think business as well. Like I don't want to jump into something if I know that, okay, that's going to cost me millions. That's not sustainable. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I need, I'm trying to think ahead as well. But I've got lots of questions actually nowadays from F1 Media that you're involved in so many things. Is it distracting your racing? And it's kind of hard to explain. But for me, easiest way is to explain that all the things that I've decided to get involved with um, I feel like I'm getting energy on working on those things because I'm really interested in those things. And instead of wasting energy, it's like giving me energy. And again, back to the sustainability in terms of your, your career, your energy levels, I feel like it's a great balancing factor for me. Like when I have free time, uh, I can choose how much I'm involved with the, all these things. And I do have people helping with, me with. So yeah, when I have more, more time, free time, free weekend, it's nice to get stuck on these kind of things. And, you know, whether it's about the coffee, whether it's about the gym brand, uh, wine or, you know, board meetings with the ice hockey team, it's just nice things to do and really refreshing. It's interesting that it's almost, you know, re recharging your battery, even though, you know, exactly. from the outside looking in, it looks they might like think it's, it's your work. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you know, we're, we're Canadians. So when you talk about hockey and your mm. passion for hockey, it's like, uh, it's in our blood. So yeah, yeah we can appreciate. Cool. Yeah. Um, you also have been getting into cycling yeah. and, and your girlfriend, Tiffany Cromwell, is an icon in her own right in, mm. in cycling. What do you think cycling's offered you? A lot. Again, a really balancing factor. So for sure, it's good physically, like gives me fit, uh, keeps in my target weight and uh, helps with my cardio. But at the same time, it's another way for me to challenge myself. I've always lo loved to challenge myself and, you know, have a certain goal and push for it. Um, of course, by far, Formula One is the number one thing, and that's um, I still have my all my number one goals is within Formula One. But when you have those, you know, your summer break or your weekends weeks off or weekends off, it's a nice thing to have, you know, something else. And I just love sports. I love the feeling it gives you, and also mentally, I found cycling is a great way for me to disconnect 
from F1. Again, a bit like going for a hike in a, in a forest in Finland. It's a bit like yeah, you get out on your bike to the mountains or gravel roads and you can just really get a bit bigger view of the world, of the life and um, remind yourself of the simple things in life. So successful F1 driver, entrepreneur, cycling, business person. And it's a big question, but what's next? We're in Mexico, so tacos. <laughs> no, there, there's always something next, but I feel like now I've got a really good setup. Like um, in terms of my performance on track, I feel like everything is in a great balance for still long career. Uh, I want to get back to podium. That's probably the next step I, I'm always dreaming of. Um, and then who knows? The beautiful thing is for me, it's like, I'm quite open with the future, like, but in terms of adding more businesses at the moment, I don't want to be what I want to do too much because um, there, there is like we spoke about limits at some, some point, there is a limit when it doesn't give me any more energy. I don't want to get to the point that it starts wasting my energy while I'm still an active F1 driver. So having that right balance. Sounds awesome. Poultry Bottas, this has been really impactful for me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah.